Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Outkick 360's Tennessee Power Hour across the Outkick Network. Glad you're with us alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton, Sarah Triplett, our production assistant, David Reed, Jakob Swanson, making the show happen for us. Big shout out to Becca Risley and Sleepy Danny uh, down the hall as we broadcast live from the Blackbird Academy and Blackbird Studios right here in Studio G in downtown Nashville, Tennessee. Guys. U.S. Soccer coming to Nissan Stadium. That was one of the big announcements from the July 4th celebration downtown. Paul, thought of you because this is the World Cup qualifier. Does this take us out of contention as a city, as a host city for the actual World Cup? No, I mean, I, I think it would help. Uh, I, my understanding is there's a tour coming sometime uh, relatively soon of the officials who will make that decision still. And uh, the decision on those host cities uh, made before the end of the year, uh, b before Christmas. So still in the mix. Um, you is, know, it, uh, is it typical that you will have a qualifying host city host a World Cup? Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I mean, I don't think it has anything to do with with anything. I mean, if they get uh, host cities for qualifiers. Uh, you know, you'd have cities that would host World Cup venues should be the cities that are hosting qualifiers. Now, uh, you know, other things come into play, geographically speaking, when you're hosting Mexico. You, you want to go to a market like Columbus, where there's not a giant Mexican population. They have a new field there, smaller MLS type of field as opposed to a huge stadium. Yep. If you go to Foxborough, or if you go to Giant Stadium, whatever that's called now, you're going to have a huge Mexican contingent. You take away some of your whole field. This is against Canada. Should be a huge U.S. turnout for the first game. It's the start of a, of a new qualifying round. It's changed, so we didn't have to participate in the early stage out of which some teams qualified into this where we and Mexico and some others are already there. I know people are still really down on it, you guys are probably amongst them. We have great young talent now that has played. A lot of the guys from that old team have, have graduated out of it. We've got guys who are playing at Man City, in the Bundesliga, at Barcelona, at Juventus, at Chelsea, Chelsea the, the best club teams in the world. Uh, when those guys play together, this is a team that should qualify for the World Cup and potentially make a showing at the World Cup. I'm concerned about the coach, Burhalter, who's an MLS guy I, I don't love. But the talent is really good, and it should be beating Canada in a home game for World Cup qualifying. We'll explain qualifying, as we'll show you the graphic, uh, with um, how you qualify for, for Qatar in 2022. Um, Paul, you see Team 4 is the United States, Honduras, El Salvador, and Canada uh, also in that final round. Um, how will how will things be determined? Because it's the top three teams, correct? So you play home and home against everybody else out of this eight. 
and the and the U.S. will play Canada at Nissan Stadium Sunday, September fifth. In the in the first, I'm not positive how many go through. You're telling me three. I trust That's what you. I read. Okay, then the fourth, I think, probably winds up in a playoff with um, a, a a country like uh, in the Australia so, so South Pacific. You see the eight teams uh, up top final round. Yeah. Uh, the way that it is described through the press release is that of the eight teams, which has increased from six in the previous cycles, you'll compete for the final round, the top three teams advancing to Qatar. Okay, and then I think there's a possibility for the fourth team. So the U.S. and Mexico are the two best teams in this. Um, and then Costa Rica, uh, Honduras, El Salvador, I, I would think would be, would be the, the next. How and is Canada, Canada, since we're going to see Canada here in Nashville? Canada, generally not t terrific. I don't know much about them now. You know, but these are games. The, the, the path to this is to win at home. Uh, you need to win, not draw at home, get your points at home then Canada on the road is not difficult, but these more Central American countries, and Mexico in particular, Which is El Salvador and Honduras, the is that who they're playing? Uh, yeah, Panama. whoever else Panama. Was, was on that yeah. list. Those are tough games on the road, generally. that Some of the facilities are difficult, the fans are difficult, the environments can be difficult, out of your control, you get a bad referee sometimes, these things are out of your control. Gotta take care of business at home. It's a shame, Chad, that we're not playing Jamaica again, so you could bring back the old tweet. Well, Jamaica's on I've that got, list. You know, I've got a list. Jamaica's on, on that list. I've got a list on my phone. Well, not here, he's saying. But, yeah, there'll oh, be, there'll be some Jamaican. I've, I've stored up some other insults. Yeah, maybe your, for, third, uh, maybe your third best tweet. For Jamaica. No, it's not we'll, the one in the frame over here. We'll get them going but again. Chad involved in an international uh, controversy. <laughs> it's fair to say. I mean, it was an international controversy. I saw an amazing uh, – so my, my diss to Jamaica – was that the only thing they should beat the United States in is track or smoking weed uh, when they beat America in soccer. And that just inflamed the entire island of Jamaica. Well, and then and I was getting these insults then you also had in the, Jamaican slang that I had to have someone decipher for me. And then right after that you said uh, the, the U.S. just lost to Jamaica and Panama in back-to-back -back games. This is like an SEC team losing to Eastern Michigan, and you have yeah. one other team. Georgia State, you could throw in <laughs> after yeah. that. That well, was before Georgia State. So um, I'll have some Jamaican insults ready uh, if needed, but uh, and I've completely blanked on my, my other thoughts. Okay, that well, I've, I've got a good that. thought. Let me okay. say this. I was going to say this directly into the camera. A lot of people are touting uh, Nashville SC environment, how great it is at Nissan Stadium for 10th tier soccer. I don't care about the environment at Nissan Stadium for 10th tier soccer. I do care about the environment at Nissan Stadium for World Cup qualifying soccer. So if you think it's terrific there for a team that wears a bizarre logo that's, uh, you know, record scratches or whatever the hell it is for, for guys who never dream of the World Cup, uh, most of them, let's bring it on September 2nd. The American Outlaws will be there. The 5th. That, it's September 5th? Yeah. September 5th, excuse me. Week before Titans get started. And September 2nd. Just wherever you are, bring it. Well, let's start bringing it on the 2nd. They're just playing outside of the country on the 2nd. Let's start bringing it on September 2nd all the way to September 5th. But listen, uh, uh, people will come from all over the country for this. There are a lot of people that travel with the team. This will be big-time atmosphere. Nashville needs to contribute to it. I know all those Nashville SC people 
um, will will be there and uh, you let my I'll, people I'll go. I'll be there. I'll be there. <laughs> let's let's get it done for that. It's big that the national soccer team comes to Nashville, and like you guys were talking about, it's our last chance to show big as a soccer city to make one last impression on being a World Cup host city, which whether you want to hear it or not, is the single biggest sporting event Nashville can host. So if we want to continue hosting huge stuff in Nashville, and I know most Nashvilleans say, bring it on, we want everything we can get here. We pour it on for that, we make our final case, and then perhaps the eyes of the world will be on us come World Cup. When do they make that decision? By the end of the year, I believe. I agree with everything you said other than the single biggest sporting event Nashville could ever host is the Super Bowl, and that would be it for Nashville. Bigger than hosting a World Cup. We're not getting the Super Bowl. Uh, Who knows? New stadium sometime. Listen, Chad, we've got a chance to revise the stadium in this city, and what they've decided to do is add some suites up in the top corner. true. So I've I've realized that I want to say Eldon English, watcher, viewer, listener of the show, tweeted in and uh, retweeted someone and alerted us to this with the question, how is skateboarding going to be in the Olympics if you can't smoke weed? (laughs) And thought that we needed that based on my skateboarder take and how they're all deviants. Paul, your thoughts? Uh, You know, I've maintained that the young children skateboarding are not deviants. uh, And I actually think a path to the Olympics would encourage less deviants out of skateboarders. It gives them another place to go, Chad. They're really rebranded. Instead of going to They're the changing drug, their image. <laughs> instead of going the drug dealer route, you can go the Olympic uh, Hey, I'm, I'm on board. They're really changing their image. Hutton sees skateboarders in his neighborhood now, and he I and do. Claire could look at these skateboarders and think, there goes a future Olympian instead of, there goes the guy selling dime bikes. Actually, I think there goes a pothead who is about to chug a gallon of water prior to a drug test, and he'll go clean and clear for about three straight days, which is all you need to pass a piss test after smoking a joint. Unfortunately, our fastest Olympian did not get the water memo. (laughs) 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 Got to get that water memo. It's a very important memo. Oh, straight ahead. That's an unfortunate story, by the way. Uh, She should be there. Someone... Making the the actual comment that uh, Nissan Stadium's atmosphere is better with soccer being played on the pitch instead of football uh, being played on the turf? We're in the Tennessee Power Hour, and uh, we are purveyors of social media. And one of the debates going on social media over the weekend was Titans game day atmosphere versus Nashville SC game day atmosphere. So we will discuss when we come back. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. Outkick 360 and the Tennessee Power Hour rolls on. Crew is all here today. And we're back. I, uh, we are back. I have a hard time believing someone was actually trying to make the argument that the atmosphere is better for a Nashville SC game at Nissan Stadium instead of a Titans home game. Um, when... These games for Nashville SC are getting somewhere between fifteen and 20,000 fans in attendance. Help me out here. What, what's the argument that's being made? There is nothing, nothing you can do from a game event management standpoint to cover up a stadium that's a fourth full. I'm sorry, but there's nothing you can do. Nashville SC does great work. And they put a lot of effort into their game environment, 
into what they put forth game to game. But I'm sorry, guys. There's nothing you can. There's nothing that can replicate a full or close to full stadium. Nothing. You can't. You can't church it up. You can't manufacture it. When I watch a Nashville SC game and see so many empty seats, I've not been uh, since their their first MLS game. Um, so uh, you know, I can't pretend to 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 know. Um, I, I think if they're managing concessions really well and you could run down and get a hot dog and get back to your seat, that would enhance the well, atmosphere. Well, of course you can me. do that because there's 15,000 people there right. as opposed to 68. So that's an, 68. That's an, <laughs> that's an atmospheric <laughs> enhancement to me. You know what I mean? But that's not what they're talking about. To, to me personally, that would be a great atmospheric enhancement. But I, I agree with you. Like a big thing about game day atmosphere is population. Last year, the atmosphere at a Titans game wasn't anything special because it was like this. It was like this. See, I think of game there were very day, few people there. Game day atmosphere is different than game day amenities to me. Game day atmosphere is what is happening while the game is being played and during uh, th- those brief timeouts or stoppages where you're needing some entertainment while your butt's in the seat. Well, we've talked for a long time about the Titans being insufficient in that area. They, they've they tried some new but things that have been better. what are they doing? Like, what, what's Nashville SC doing that's even well, sparking Well, there aren't stoppages in a soccer game. Like, you've got halftime. There aren't times to put stuff on the scoreboard. It's 45 minutes of play outside of an injury stoppage. And during an injury, injury stoppage, it's not like they put on some scoreboard entertainment when yeah. a guy's down on the field. So there's fewer opportunities for that. It's people singing and stuff like that, which is not – listen, it's not a uh, – it's not like you don't compare that to a Titans game. It's just the difference between soccer and football in terms of what fans do during a game. What's the reason for the argument, though? Like so, V Love tweeted us, and I, I saw him tweeting with some people because he's obviously a huge Titans fan and goes and to every He loves game. the soccer experience. And he's, he's recently picked up the soccer He's experience. a Nashville sports fan to yeah, the he's a, he's a He is a huge Nashville sports guy. And he writes in and says, It's different, but it's a damn good time. The build-up now is what's going to blow the new stadium's atmosphere on Parcel 8C out of the park. Talking about the build-up to go to the new stadium. I'd love to see it at the new stadium. And again, I think this is no knock at Nashville SC. But the difference to me is, with Nashville SC, you've got this small, compact, 10 to 15,000-person community of people who are all the hell in. Yeah, They know the chance. They're going to watch parties. They're pre-gaming. They're marching across a bridge. They're getting there. So there's a difference between passionate following of a few. Everybody in. And everybody in at a game and game day atmosphere. Because you're not going to have 68,000 people who share the same intensity for every Titans game. You can, you can have ten to 15,000 people that share the same intensity for every Nashville SC game. But I think we're talking about... Two completely different things. Because if I had two tickets in my hand and I said, here's a ticket to a Titans regular season game on a Sunday afternoon. Here's a ticket to a Nashville SC game on a Saturday night. 97% of Middle Tennessee will take this Titans ticket. Yeah. Every single time. That, that's a big difference. And, and that's where I see the difference between, obviously, American football and international football in Nashville and in most places in the United States, but I do think there is something to it's so passionate and loyal 
even if the numbers aren't as big for Nashville SC. But I also see that as an outsider and think, I don't want to get involved in that. I don't go to Comic-Con conventions for that reason. The people there have a hell of a good time getting dressed up and partying with each other because they're all into Marvel superheroes or whatever it may be. But me on the outside, I said, well, I'm just an outsider there. I'm not going to have the same time. I think there are a lot of sports fans who probably look at the Nashville SC setup and think, I'm an outsider. They know the songs, I don't, I'm out. But you you can walk into Nissan Stadium and see Macho Man dressed up too. I mean, that... For sure, but there are a bunch of adults that play dress up. But in the you NFL don't. You, you're never yes. going to feel like I don't think if you go to an NFL game, you're not going to feel like an outsider. You can sit in your seat and not sing, right? right. And watch the game and get excited when everyone else does and be just fine. <laughs> I feel like if you're at the the everyone I see post about the Nashville SC experience, they're wearing a damn cape. <laughs> That's the difference, right? Like you talked about one guy who pretends to be Macho Man. They're all ultimate predator. Game. Yeah. <laughs> Every single one of them is ultimate. Pre- they all putting out ulti, ulti pred vibes. I also think. Games. I also think, and I know the response I'm going to get from the people that I'm talking to. Right, you've got 14 or 15 who are really into it, really, really into it. Yeah. But I think part of it is forced. Here's our little thing. That's not that good, but we're forming a club around it, and we're going to love everything about it. I, I, Look, I know I sound critical, and I am being critical. I understand this is my, my fault because I, I don't consider it good. I don't consider it good because it's not good, but you can think it's good if you want to think it's good. But here, Is it 15, good on their level? 15,000 uh, Is it as people? good as they say it is compared to the other teams that they're playing? I don't know because I'm not watching. But I don't, I'm not interested in comparing if it's good on the level of the 10th best league in the world. Because I'm not interested in the 10th best league in the world. I think David Shepard, an expert on it, has called it the 10th best league in the world. But I can't see... This is the thing. They get really excited about the clubbiness of being really into something that's just something. If you're really into the NFL and you're really into it, you're seeing Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, who are clearly the very best in the world at what they do. And so 68,000 people are together to see those three guys and others who are the best in the world at what they do. And to me, it's just two very different things. You're going to see best in the world at what they do versus going to be with these people to be in a club together about this thing, just this thing. I don't know how to categorize what that thing is, but it's not the same as watching the best in the world. And it's not the same as watching the ninth, eighth, seventh, sixth, fifth, fourth, third, second, or first best in the world. But it's what's offered in our city. It's the highest level that you can go and watch in our city, uh, and it's Nashville's team. So, that, like that's that's the draw. All correct. But the better draw to me is to go tomorrow afternoon with a group of people and watch Italy, Spain. Yeah, no at one's a going bar. to show up and watch Italy, Spain. At well, a bar there will on be TV. people. There will be people at Italy, Spain. Not fifteen thousand. Not fifteen thousand. Watch a game and be a season ticket but, holder. But I'd rather be part of team. that club. I think the club that they need to grow. They've got the good diehards there that are ten to fifteen thousand deep. But I, I want to have a passive interest in the team. I, I don't have a passive interest allowed? in their team. That, that, that's the point I'm trying to make. Is you know, the Preds started to succeed when more people like me who didn't grow up with hockey but also weren't going to show up just because I want to be in the initial club of Preds fans and be there every game and 
and thumb my nose at those who don't know that you can't stand up when the puck's in play. Well, it's an all-or-nothing scenario yes, at the beginning that the, they gave you. Th that, that's what they had in yeah. the beginning, but then it grew into a lot of what my well, dad I mean, wants to know if the Preds won. He's not going to sit and watch every game, but he likes to keep up to know what they're doing. That group needs to grow. The people that are sports fans of the passive interest in Nashville soccer team needs to grow. And I, I don't know that there's a huge allowance for that subset of fans at this point with Nashville SC. I, I agree with that. And what I'm saying, Hut, is the offering of soccer on TV in America has gotten so much better. The EPL is on all yeah. the time. And now Bundesliga is on and uh, these other leagues are on and, and all of these uh, – subscription networks have more and more that you can watch that if the soccer is the thing for you may you go to nashville sc to take your kid to see a soccer game but really the thing is to get up early on saturday and watch your team play that these guys you just saw in the world cup and in euros play yeah but italy's team is never going to be my team no matter no, how much italy. i'm in not no italy. matter how much i'm into soccer well, i'm not going still, to watch another country play on a routine basis i would no. still paul rather watch but for you it's the world cup here's, or copa america here's i think where the american the final. i'm not watching the tournament i think the american superiority complex really yeah. hurts mls because we are so accustomed to watching the very best in the world in our national leagues right Major League Baseball, best league in the world. National Football All League, of them. best league in the world. Mm -hmm. NBA, go down the list. Hockey. MLS, you said 10th. NHL, best league in the world. So and if I'm going to watch, I'm with you. I'd rather watch Italy and Spain on television. Or the Premier League. Than watch that. But you know what I'd rather watch Italy and Spain on television? With Italians and Spaniards. I don't have an interest in watching with a bunch of American douchebags who root for Italy over the United States of America. I don't have an interest in that in the States. If there was a bunch of Italians <laughs> that were watching the game at a bar, hell yeah. I want to experience the passion of their team and their nation with them. I'm not going to become an Italy fan, but I'm going to watch and experience and take it all in. That's where I think the U.S. and soccer lack so severely is that you just don't have that here. So you seek it in Europe or South America or wherever it's the top thing. Well, you go where it's the, the best thing. And you hope, as I continue to hope, I mean, this is the best generation. I know you've heard it before, so it doesn't carry a lot of weight. This is the best generation of young American talent that we've had. The coaching is lacking. But these guys are playing for the best teams in the world now. You're playing for Man City and Chelsea, who, who you know, one of them won the Premier League. The other one is the best club team in Europe. You're playing for Barcelona, which has the best history in, in Europe. You're playing for Ju Juventus. You know, these are the best teams in the world. So you got a lot of hope there when your youngest guys are playing for the best teams in the world and they're not playing for Philadelphia or, or Montreal yeah. or Nashville, which is not the best path to become one of the best players in the world. It's just not. But in, in, in terms of Major League Soccer and what is offered here to go watch on a routine basis, this is as high as it gets. This is the yeah. top. Not, and when I say here, I'm saying across the country. Like there's not... No, this is the best this that you're going to have until the U.S. comes and plays a World Cup. It qualified. would be That's the equivalent of, and, and, and I don't think it's a, it's a bad comparison, if the NFL were, if we're stationed in Europe and you had the NFL in Europe and you had the Arena League here and teams went and fans went and watched their arena team right. play. Except the off comparison is that it's a different game. If the Arena League was, was an NFL field, you know, the, the same game because it's the same game. Okay. 
Yeah, or so it's not a miniature or, version. Then Major League Baseball is stationed in Europe, and you have Minor League Baseball here. It right. would be the same, the equivalent. Look, and I, I believe that Nashville SC is only going to grow here locally, especially when they get their new There's stadium. There's a thirst for it. And, and, I, and I when think you get the stadium, is, yes, there, is experience. A, there is a group of diehards that are all in. Um, I'm, I'm headed back from Nebraska, and we stop in Mount Vernon, Illinois. And I'm at a Jimmy John's, and I see three people with Nashville SC shirts walk in. Hmm. Did they play in St. Louis recently? Maybe that was it. I don't know. It seemed like they were driving back from a match back to Nashville. But either way, I'm thinking, wow, there's Nashville SC gear. That's cool. At a Jimmy John's in, uh, in Mount Vernon, Illinois, which is pretty cool. So it's only going to grow. It's only going to get bigger. But they really need to grow that subset that I'm talking about of passive interest. And I think and that, then that passive interest can grow into go to bigger. two games a year. Yes. And then watch the games on TV when they're on. That's we, what they got to go. We have limited evidence, right, only with the Preds. But I think maybe, Chad, it, it just suggests from what we saw with the Preds that in the growth curve, we're not at the point yet where that had, like, it seems like what happens first is you get the all-in people I'm in from the beginning, day one. You have and to And you're have not them. one of me. Yeah. And so you're out. You've got to lock them And in. then only later on do I let in the peripheral fans. And for whatever reason, that's not good for the three of us because we're more peripheral early and get in more later, probably like most people. We're probably representative of most people. But later on down the line, there will be room for us, and they will be more welcoming for us. And that seems to be, I don't know if that's a Nashville thing or if that's a new franchise thing or what, but if it follows a similar path to the Predators, and I think I would guess that it will, there'll come a time where... It'll embrace that. Well, and they also have the luxury of having this buildup before they launch their first game at their new stadium, well, which, also, which is really when the inauguration starts. of Nashville SC happens in Nashville. Also, it's a small stadium, so they're going to go from having way too much supply to really being in an advantageous supply-demand situation. I guess. That I mean, opening where, where night, are they? it's going to be a tough ticket. Tickets? I don't know where they are, but what's it seat? About 30? Yeah. I think that first season when it is the thing to do, not because you want to see a soccer game, but because not necessarily because you want to see a soccer game, though tons of kids' teams are going to want to go, and then we're going to want to go to have beers and just see the experience, I think it'll be a tough ticket. Well, based on what year. I'm hearing, the stadium's going to be ready about midway through their season next year. It's yeah. not going to open for the home opener. It'll be at Nissan Stadium because that there, there was talk – uh, as to what would be going on at the at the stadium, uh, at Nissan Stadium for some other events that they want to host. Well, that's unfortunate because you want a, a full season. You'd like Much like it. I see the Tennessee Titans in 1999 as the first season the Titans were in Nashville, legitimately when they had their new stadium and their new name. I think that's the first season that truly matters to Nashville. Yeah, sure. and hopefully they move their into their new is building up to be good. That's their the first season where people right. are going to be more invested and outside in the of the results, diehards in right the now. Results too. Yes. But I'm saying if they open their stadium, and this is a maybe a bigger discussion, I don't know. Uh, it interests me. If, if they open their stadium midway through next year, then you get that big build and the want to go and check out the stadium then. Then where is their season ticket holder base Two years from now, yeah, it's a, it's a uh, very interesting. Question. If they're at fifteen now, where do they? Where would they like to be? If they're at ten now, where do they need to be? Um, I, I'm just I'm just curious as to where they are from a season ticket holder's stance 
uh, and with roots in, in, in the ground, you know, firmly entrenched in the organization. I've looked into season tickets, and I end up in this thing. I don't know if you guys have ever looked into season tickets for anything. I, I get into this pull, you know, I'd like to have the season tickets, but I don't want to build my life around the team schedule, even if it's not that often of a game, you know, where Thursday night I know where I have to be and what if Simon has a game and this and that. Then you end up giving them away a lot or looking to sell them a lot, and it's a hassle. And I'd rather just be able to go to a game here and there. Well, But, you know, you're not going to get as good of seats or as good of experience. Right, and the, and the season ticket holder buy-in comes with a playoff run. Like there's a fervor. Which I've got to buy in for next year because we had such such fun following this team now. Then the Preds—it wasn't that long ago that the Preds were scrambling to find fourteen thousand on average. I mean, in the grand scheme of years on years, a decade's not that long ago. They they really built their season ticket holder fan base off, off of that, off of their run, and they're now at the time. And where then that they started getting three-year. Deals. Deals, where you, you locked in your season tickets for three years. That's when you start to build the fabric of an organization and a fan base. It doesn't happen because you open the doors to a new stadium, and the new stadium's something to go and behold. But then the question is, how much is that habit built when things start to go south like they have for the Preds? Yeah. Not, not totally south, no. but not nearly the same as what you bought for with the fervor. Your three-year contract runs out. You're uncertain about what direction they're heading. Sure. And you say, hey, have I built enough of a habit here where I'm renewing that? That's pretty expensive now with inflation and everything. Or was that a good three-year run and now I'm ready for partial or game you to You drop game? it down a level. What yeah. is the overall value of the Titans going to a Super Bowl in year one as the Titans? What is the overall value oh, for the franchise? crushed it for them. That is what I mean by that first season in that stadium is the season. If they do something big, if they are competitive with the top teams in MLS and they make some sort of run, what is the value then going to be for Nashville SC? But the value was already – there was already investment in the Tennessee Titans because of the PSLs. And then the NFL required so many of those before they even broke ground on that stadium. What? It was at the same level for MLS, or was it just having the ownership available and the funding for the stadium? I don't know. It's a good question. Because then I think winning matters. If you're if you're investing thousands of dollars just to have the right to the seat, and then you buy your ticket, you're already going. But if your you company's think about going it, to fill those also seats. Also, if you think about it, like, look, it'd be great to win the first year, but really, first year you get the stadium experience and stuff, maybe first two years. Then if you win the third year, and Chad, then the timing really takes and that's off. What right? Chad's You've gotten the people to. for the first three years. Yeah. Then you get the moment, then you get another boom. But see, you, you have your season ticket base now. Chad is referring to then you win and you get the second and third level fan that's kind of keeping an eye on it to know whether or not they're interested. Then it takes the city. Then you take over. Well, let me you give you, for instance, when, when the Titans opened the opened Nissan Stadium, I was 17 years old. I was at the first game against Cincinnati. And the Titans won, I think, 30-29. Great game. Um, that was nice. Yeah. I was a 49ers fan growing up. That's who I watched on TV. Brothers were born in Northern California. I was a 49ers fan. The Titans go to the Super Bowl in year one. Guess what? I wasn't a 49ers <laughs> fan anymore. I lived in Nashville and went to high school in Nashville, and my team was in the damn Super Bowl. I never looked back. I was watching the Titans every Sunday. I know it's NFL versus MLS, and there's a huge gap between the two. 
But what about those teenage kids, those young kids, if Nashville SC does something big in year one in that stadium? What is that going to do? Are they these kids who are, I'm an Italy fan, or I'm a Spain fan, or I'm an England fan internationally, Mexico. or I'm a Chelsea fan. I'm going to different clubs now. Juventus, whatever. How many of them will say, no, I'm a Nashville SC fan, first and foremost, if something big happens in year one? That well, you're going to the game. I, I, I think, too, given the scenario that you're laying out, you can really be both. You can prioritize you, one, yeah, though. Yeah. Well, and you don't even have to because Nashville SC is playing on Thursday yeah. night and yeah. Chelsea's playing on Saturday morning. That's fair. You don't have a problem. And you also, if they're playing the same day, the, the European times. ones on, well, in the me, afternoon. Let me say this also coming off 4th of July. If you are an American, you are a U.S. soccer fan. If you're a oh, soccer absolutely. fan. absolutely. I get so tired. This is where I feel like maybe I'm the problem because I get so irritated when I look down at people tweeting things. But when you act like you are uh, uh, Danish <laughs> because you, root on, you cheer for Denmark, like I get sick to my stomach. See, I see people who are fans of the Netherlands for their life. Like they've never stepped foot in the Netherlands. You are an American. You root for America. Do you think the Danish are rooting for the Swedes? No. You think kids growing up in Germany and saying, you know, I really like the way Belgium plays, so I'm going to be a Belgian soccer fan? No. This should not happen. This this is. Do you go into the Olympics and start pulling for other countries? No, oh, you I don't do it. It's not right. There, there needs to be right and wrong when it comes to this. Is not a oh well, you know, it's all up to the consumer. And you no, if you're American, you should be an American soccer fan. You're not a diehard fan of the Azuri no. or anyone else. <laughs> I don't want to see it on Twitter. I don't want to hear about it. You are an American. Root for America. Absolutely. I don't think... I, I, You're I, big on this, well, Paul. Yeah, I, and I don't think most of these people are diehards. I mean, I think... I hope not. I mean, uh, it, 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 during a certain cycle or so, you might like the playing style of a certain country. And that's fine. You pick that country to root for don't in, buy the, a jersey. in the tournament. Don't no, buy a jersey You cannot that buy a national team jersey. Oh. And you might like a team because it has some guys from your club team. You know... I'm, I like England now. Mason Mount is a very good player for Chelsea. That's part of why England is my favorite team out of these final four. I like Italy in part because Italy played very well early in the tournament. And, and, guess, who, score. and guess who put some money down on Italy to win the tournament and stands to make some good cash if Italy wins the tournament. So, That's fine. I also joke around with Teresa. Oh, look how much your parents would love if you married this guy, Giuseppe Guayasapo. That would have been that would have gone well with Tassona as opposed to Kuharski. <laughs> but and like Simon, are you rooting for Italy? He's going, Why would I root for Italy? I go, oh, I, it's hard watching a game and picking a side. No, he's like, while you're watching the game, like you know, I've been to yeah. I've been to Spain. Spain right. I have, for instance, but I'm going to root for Spain in this game. Fine. I'm all in if I'm not if a the Spanish USA fan. is playing in the World Cup. Like I'm yeah. I'm paying attention. Yes. If not for that, it's background noise until the World Cup final, right. and then I'm then I'm tuned in to see. The World Cup. Simon had a pretty good answer when I was giving him stuff about Italy. I'm like, you're not rooting for Italy? He's like, why would I be rooting for Italy? I go, well, you know, your grandparents have background with Italy. And he turned to me and goes, I'm not rooting for Russia. Good. I was like, good. Pretty, pretty good. Well said, Simon. Because I've never thought about rooting for Russia and yeah. anything. So, so is Italy the favorite now? Uh I, I think England might actually be the favorite now, but Italy Watching is Wimbledon playing Wimbledon yesterday, best. you would have thought that that the <laughs> everyone <laughs> you'd have thought that everyone in in Britain thinks that England's losing 
Like based on the well, England has the mood of their team. England has played the least well out of the remaining teams. It's been opportunistic, but like statistically, okay. the other three. So they've teams been disappointed, even though they've won. Better. Isn't yeah, that just also, the British they way? always <laughs> figure they're going to find a way to lose because well, they that's just the British way also. <laughs> yeah. Just to be disappointed up front. Well, just well, just well they haven't won yourself. anything since 1966. So every tournament where they do anything, they're going to bring it home as their thing. Well, and made, they never bring anything home. I, I was watching Wimbledon yesterday. Like the Cleveland in, Indians in multiple, Major League. <laughs> in multiple matches yesterday, they, they bring up the fact that they have, you know, packed crowds at Wimbledon again for the first weekend, yeah. and that's coming up where they're going to, you know, the Wimbledon final will have every seat sold for the first time. Um, and then they say, and and also, big right now here, the England oh, yeah. advances, the Euro's going on, and even though everyone's down in the dumps <laughs> the Final Four team, I think, why, it, bars will be packed, pubs will be packed, I'm thinking it would be a great atmosphere, but they, they're thinking everyone's going in already Prematurely I'm just, disappointed. Yeah, they, I'm just they, picturing that's like kind of their I'm MO. picturing pints of beer. <laughs> they expect things to go being, remember, remember in England they don't have bar stools like you stand yeah. in every bar you go to. I'm picturing just like guys standing in the sound of pints of beers going off the wall at the first there's goal. There's a certain charm to up. it. There's a certain charm to it. I, you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. yeah. I would love to be in England right now watching talented. that game oh, in a pub. It'd be glorious with a bunch right? of people yeah. into it. It'd be, be great. It'd be glorious. They um, plus the games are at Wembley. Semifinals at Wembley and the final is at Wembley, so they're playing oh, okay. two games. Okay, so that's that's, that's awesome. awesome. They won their last game at Rome. So both games are at Wembley for them. Yeah, I don't know where the other semifinal is, um, but so England will play at Wembley. England's playing at Wembley tomorrow. I got you. And if they make the finals at Wembley, and then Italy, Spain, we don't know where they're playing off the top of our heads. But don't know where. Okay, it's somewhere where some American's going to root for the country that uh, it's being played in. I can tell you that much. Um, and they're well, playing today, right? Yeah, well, playing I think it's, it might be in uh, in Baku. Uh, so Italy, Spain, the geography it, Italy, Spain Baku. plays today. England and Azerbaijan. Denmark plays tomorrow. Yeah, uh, and you can get your odds right now at FanDuel.com, where you can take Italy to win. At Italy plus to advance. Italy to advance is the bet because it could go all the way to penalties and uh, over one and a half goals. I know Baku is in Azerbaijan. I'm not positive that's what because it is. Because of our well, our viewer. Remember, that's from uh, Azerbaijan that we talked about, but also because of Drive to Survive. <laughs> they have the... Uh, oh. the uh, oh, the, the big race in Baku. The, there's a big Grand Prix. Yeah, I'm curious about Baku. Patrick, By the way, uh, it if, looks cool. uh, if that game... Oh, I forgot what I was going to say about that game. About Baku? Well, I'm curious about Baku from <laughs> seeing it in this, in this tournament. Uh, watch the race uh, in the Grand Prix there, and you'll, you'll be even more curious. I've fallen off that show. I need to get back to it. Patrick says, I'll take Soccer Moses shredding on his six-string over Royd Guy planting a fake sword at midfield any day of the week. You know what I'll take? See, None of Here's it. my thing, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Who gives a sh- about either of them? <laughs> like, uh, how about the game? Go ahead, mark that down. Who get, like, I, we're excited about a guy in a costume at a game? How old are we? 12? <laughs> Paul would censor himself what is uh, if Soccer we were working Moses? at a previous job. What is Soccer Moses? I don't know, and I don't Soccer care. Soccer Moses like is the is the he's the pred for Nashville SC, where he, you know he shreds on the six string guitar in the stands, and he has that sign that says "Let my people go." It's a costume his, contest. Yeah. Every this team, is what every, people are going to games for to see team, costumes. Every team has their Comic Con characters. How do you feel about them? I'm not into any of it. None of us are. Reed, are you into them? Reed loves, Reed, Reed loves, loves Alti Pred. No. He wants the, <laughs> he wants the, 
he wants the cage match for the fan who's paid by the by the NHL organization. This guy was yeah, being no, serious, right? He wasn't. No, he he's wasn't being sarcastic. He's being serious. No, he was being serious about it. They're very they are very temperamental about soccer Moses. If you're a Nashville SC fan, I'm I'm intrigued for Walter Pred as far as like if he wants to like actually have a fight. And the loser has to leave Bridgestone Arena. I will fight him. Well, so I mean, also show everyone that is soccer Moses making money like Ulti Pred. I don't know, and I I don't know the I don't know the attitude of soccer Moses. I know the attitude of Ulti Pred, and it's one that I don't want to be associated with. Right. So if soccer Moses is doing this in jest, and you have the sign that says "Let my people go," maybe he's funny. That's funny. Maybe he's funny. That's funny. But I, I don't know. I can't. I can't speak on behalf of Soccer Moses. He has a website. I don't Chad, know he has a website. Your thoughts. We'll look at it. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a Patreon <laughs> website? <laughs> Is he trying to take money? I mean, give me the game. I want the game. Yeah, the game. But I we well, forget about the game. I want people. Here's what I want in a sport. He puts on a play. I want a lot of people that are invested and involved. The ten that makes it loud. <laughs> that feels like you're a part of something big. And then people and I score. Want, I want. I want the game. I don't want soccer Moses. I don't want, as he said, a roided up. You don't. Yeah, uh, roided titan up. Titan. That's doing a, a sword. A gladiator. A gladiator. Sword fight. Sword Pre game sword fight. Yeah, used to be a stripper. Uh, Not Mel the same guy. I don't Not need a Mel the same stripper. Guy. They got rid of him, and there's a lot of, of the stripper. There's I'll a lot of demand too. for the stripper. I, this is also. This, you guys may disagree with <laughs> me. People miss the stripper. I don't need a female. I'm sure stripper. the women do. I don't need a female stripper of the game. I need Whoa. the game. I don't need any of this. I don't need Ulti Pred. <laughs> That's something from Chad. I don't need. Uh, I don't <laughs> need anything. I don't need anyone wearing a cape. Masks? I don't need any of that. You've I'll, glossed over a big statement. You don't need clowns. You don't need puppets. Nothing. I okay. don't need any of that. I need dollhouses. Pe- I need a venue with people. A lot of them into the game. Noise game. That's what I need. Beer, maybe. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's all great. Like that, you should function well as a venue and be able to provide. Would you like them to have hamburgers if they advertise they have hamburgers? Again, Absolutely. The soccer Moses thing, I. I can't help but laugh at that they have a T-shirt out. Soccer Moses, a prophet with balls. I mean that that's that's funny. So I I want to like this guy, I do. But it can't be if, a primary if feature. If he if he carries around a championship belt like Ultimate Predator, though, I'm out. Like with a mask on and thinks his primary job in life is to get paid by an NHL organization uh, with free tickets, I'm out. If this guy is a if if this guy is a true season ticket holder. Who dresses up as Moses, and you know wants to to part the Red Sea as he comes into Nissan Stadium on a daily basis? So be it. Uh, have a good time with it. But if you're uh, if you're ultimate pred and you're getting dressed up and you're you know wanting to fight everybody and wrestle them in a cage match and uh, no, get out of here with that. Especially if you think you're the center of attention, which he does. Well, and if you're gonna say here's the contract, right, with a picture of a contract, and then we ask you what is the contract? What are you doing? What are you paid? And then you won't answer. That I also have an issue with that. <laughs> Can't tell a contract and then not tell us what you're contracted to do. And he can want, do whatever he, he wants he under wants, his contract. If <laughs> I tell my contract with Outkick, I'll, I'll tell you what I do for Outkick. Tell we, that to Rachel. We Nichols. produce content for Outkick. <laughs> More coming on Outkick 360. Hey, with us. Outkick 360 wrapping up the Tuesday edition. I actually just did a double take at the, at the uh, clock down here, the atomic clock, to make sure it was Tuesday. Hope everyone had a great July 4th weekend, the long weekend. David Reed still celebrates the great U.S. of A. 
with the red, white, and blue that he wears practically every day, and the Opryland hat. Uh, where I, I heard Reed that there is a please show yourself. There's Reed, a theme park. Show this hat. There, there's an investor from California that's bringing another or trying to bring another theme park to Nashville. Have you seen this? So I tertiary. I've seen this. It sounds like a terrible idea. A theme park built around trying to get children interested in books. Like you're, that's just <laughs> going to get children interested in theme parks further away <laughs> from, from literature. Yeah. Like that seems like a horrible idea. Mom, I'm not reading. I go. I'm going to the roller coaster. You know, years ago yeah. we built theme parks to get kids interested in books, and we called them libraries. Yes. And now we're trying to build theme parks to get people. That's the structure of the libraries for that. Look, Derek Jeter is was a good ball player. He's a Hall of Famer. And his stock is way up in my eyes because he's got my kid reading with this baseball series. So that, that's done better than any amusement park could do. Well, I would also say... Where would this be, Reed? Yeah. yeah. What's the the property, I don't, I don't think has been... If it has been disclosed, I have looked over that part of it. But people are, people are like adamant that we're going to have another theme park in Nashville. No, again, th this sounds like the worst theme park ever, so I have no interest in if, if they could want to You'd buy go. they want to buy my property to build this and I well, would not be interested. What if they made a kid read for a half like you come into a holding pen, you have to read for a half an hour in order to get it. Well, we talked about you know we talked about the uh, <laughs> the, the Pizza Hut Book It program uh, 2 weeks ago. Last yeah. week it came out they're bringing the Book It program. Oh, back. they should. So how's that work? You read a book, you get free food. That yeah. didn't even work. Oh, for so me, they so. want to. <laughs> so read. That's, that's how my parents gave up on reading. Fat for kids me. read. Like if he's not eating, if he's not going to read a book to get free pizza, we're doing. Reed, Reed was thinking, you know, I get free food every day. My parents give it to me. <laughs> Why do I need this? I'm not yeah. going to read for this. Yeah. Uh, I'll eat vegetables. Okay, so if I it's a hub where children can come and have access to reading recovery programs, to book clubs, the literacy center, and the theme park will be an area that can be easily accessible to children that are underserved in that capacity. Um, 220,000 square feet of retail dining and entertainment, $300 million interactive theme park inspired by books and stories called Storyville Gardens is what they want to build. And it's in the greater Nashville area is all it says. This is like the immersive Van Gogh. It's still a big mystery where that's gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> I've got tickets to it, I just don't know we where don't it know is. We don't know where it's taking place. Chad will have Storyville Gardens in his backyard. You've got a great reader in your house. Yeah, yeah, she, she likes she it. She's award. good at it. She just finished kindergarten, getting ready for first grade. She's got some summer reading coming up. Maybe I'll uh, construct some sort of uh, literature-themed theme park show in my backyard people, for Show it. the people the book you're halfway through, the uplifting oh, tale. Yeah. <laughs> Chad's really, you know, I'm really, uh, big on, really getting excited here. On uplifting stories, so I went and got this little yeah. page-turner. Made the Secret Service book that we read uh, seem like a, a real uh, thriller. I uh, I definitely suggest this book for people out there. I just think I would, I would go to bed depressed every night. Paul, it's good to have some reality. That, in your life. Uh, it can't all be lollipops and rainbows and something. <laughs> what year? This is 2001? That was 1997, 98. Wow. 98. So I was a freshman in high school. 99. I think uh, it happened April 99. Sophomore in high yeah. school. This changed. Scary regulations for high schools across the country. Yep. I uh, remember watching in school uh, yeah. when I was a junior, into my junior year of high school. Yeah, craziness. Was yep. it terrifying? No, it was just... It, it was, um, it was so very distant. surreal. Like, you were not allowed to wear certain articles of clothing. Um, for a brief part of walking the hallways my sophomore year, you're right, it was 99, uh, you had to keep your shirt tucked in instead of hanging low. Um, 
they're, they're, like uh, cargo shorts. I, I, I had I wore cargo shorts. I still wish I could wear cargo shorts. Fashionable. Uh, those were not allowed anymore based on the pockets. Uh, and I just remember our principal at the time, George Bolden, who I loved. Um, he on he made all the teachers watch this video of how many guns you could hide in a trench coat for the trench coat mafia that goes yeah. back to Columbine. Which you find on this book, they actually were not a member of the trench coat mafia. That was one of the lies the media told. But yes, continue. Well, there were a lot of media screw-ups in the coverage of well, Columbine. Well, part, part of the part of the narrative was anybody any kid that wore a trench yes. coat was part of this. Yep, and that would just simply wasn't the case but living it like that that was the assumption was Stay you know you had the trench the trench coat mafia that i've well, referred to in the past anybody that wore a trench coat to school was looked upon in that way remember how you unfairly looked, you looked differently upon the kids that uh, wore the makeup goth kids right yeah, yeah, yeah once that happened it was like oh now these kids might be dangerous yeah whereas before they were just seen as sort of outcasts Outsiders. the kids that did this in columbine were not goth they did not dress that way regularly. This was different from what they were normally wearing. And goth kids are known as more pacifists. Very introverted, quiet, pacifist kids, not necessarily violent. Just put you on edge and this put the Well, this put the spotlight on it like, oh, these kids now should be feared if they're out wearing a trench coat or out doing this. But, I mean, it was, we, it, they they also were not into Marilyn Manson. You know, that was a big thing. Remember, Mar right, Marilyn yeah. Manson had to cancel his tour. At that point, because there was some tie-in yeah. to Columbine. You saw him later when he was there. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really celebrated his later work. Did you stay for that part of the show? Oh, he opened. Oh, he opened for yeah. Smashing Pumpkins? Yeah, I was there for the whole oh. thing. Oh, yeah. I thought it was reverse. No. No, I saw Billy Corgan dress up like a nun, too, <laughs> in one of my hey, As bad as it got for Smashing Pumpkins. As I pumpkins, said, if, if Jesus headline. comes back yeah. now, I'm in trouble. <laughs> this is where I'm at in a sin for this concert. You, you need soccer Moses there. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty sure uh, I saw Marilyn Manson just spat on about eight people in the front row at one point during his performance. Uh, Triple H style. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, big show tomorrow. We'll recap game one of the NBA Finals. Uh, we will continue with our coverage from the biggest headlines across the sports world. You can join us each and every day, noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, right here for OutKick 360. I'll have another parlay after my big win tonight, and I'll be back to tell you, don't block the box, do lock the locks. Big surgery in my house tomorrow. May relief come to you, Teresa Tassona Kuhars. Yes. Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to OutKick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day. And give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.